At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Fast Money starts right now. Live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Carter Worth, Dan Nathan, Guy Dami, And we're also joined by Jeff Mills, Chief Investment Officer at Bryn Mawr Trust. Right on. Going out with a bang, the S&P 500 handing in its best week since early June, but that wasn't enough to turn the markets positive for the month. All three major averages ending August in the red. The Nasdaq, the worst performer. So with August, was August just the calm before the storm? Look at the big month ahead. We've got a new round of tariffs kicking in Sunday. That's followed by the jobs report later next week. Then the central banks take center stage with the ECB meeting in mid-September. And then the biggie, the Fed decision, September 18th. So are we heading into a September to remember or a fall to forget? Guy. Can it be both? Because I think okay. people will remember September in the fall and to forget. Want to forget it, think, right? So in, the, in this case, the answer is, to your question is both of them. And welcome to Jeff Mills. Look, it made sense to me that the market rallied this week. End of the month, people wait for the long holiday weekend. I get it. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the week, but I'm, I believe that the next couple of weeks will be as dicey a period for the market as we've seen in some time. I still think the market sell-off will culminate with the VIX around 31. The VIX actually on a benign tape today rallied on a Friday, which I find interesting. And I do think we're in for some serious headwinds. You could have the president over the weekend say, you know what, President Xi and I had a beautiful conversation, and we're going to delay these tariffs, and maybe on Tuesday we get a bounce off the back of that. But in my opinion, the things that worry this market are not only the Chinese tariffs, but a laundry list of other things that that won't solve. Yeah, so a delay of the tariffs, and we may get that. We've seen a lot of that over the last year, or kind of like some just softer conversation. But I think it's important to go back to August 1st when Trump uh, first tweeted that about these September 1st tariffs. The S&P was over 3,000, you know. And so we're, like, you know, a couple percent, 2 3% um, below those levels. So if you're asking me whether we get, like, some just sort of softening into September on that sort of rhetoric, could the S&P go back there? Of course it could. But I guess I go back to this, and I sound like a broken record, every new high that we've had in the S&P has been a great opportunity to sell and have the opportunity to reload uh, much lower. And I'll just make one other point. You know, quarter to date here, um, we are down. You know, the S&P, the Dow, the Nasdaq are both down about um, 50 bips here. So heading into September, if you look at what was really strong in August, it was very defensive stuff. Staples, REITs, utilities uh, utilities up almost 5%. That's not particularly bullish from where I'm sitting. And I do think that's what the playbook probably continues to look like. What's worked over the past 12 to 18 months probably continues to work. Investors are going to go to tech for growth, and they're going to look to some of these defensive areas of the market because rates probably stay low. But you have to be impressed a little bit about how well the market has actually held up in light of everything you're talking about. I mean, that's been pretty bullish, I think, going forward. And I think a lot of that has to do with sentiment. If you look at institutional uh, investor surveys as it relates to confidence, if you look at ETF flows, still pretty aggressive on the way out. And then the put-call ratio on the options market, for example, pushing into the 95th percentile, usually when skepticism is that high in the options market, returns over the next three months, pretty strong. 4.5% versus under 1% for all observations. So I think we could still do okay here pushing into the fall. When you think that's just it, it's just okay at best. Yeah, right? I, mean, I agree. As an asset class, it's just not working. You're not being paid for the risk to embrace equities now for almost 18 months. And the real 
recent changes, we're starting to lose big, heavy, idiosyncratic growth names. Twitter, I mean, the only one that's holding, but Twillow, no good. Zen, no good. Microsoft starting to stall. Um, we, we're losing software. There's a couple things that are not right. If we lose our leadership, the market cannot hold up under that. See, that's interesting because just yesterday, Dan said that Microsoft was the best-looking chart in the entire market. Still is. Market, well, if they stick around is. for the next half an hour during OA, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. I just want to make one really important point to me. You know, Jeff, no doubt about it, the S&P acts really well. It, it really, 2 3% off of the all-time highs. You know what also acts well? The U.S. dollar. You know what also acts well? U.S. treasuries. To me, it's kind of the same trade. It's a safety trade right now. I mean, you're just seeing... Why do you say it acts gold. well? What's, what, 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 when banks well, are acting, industrials, well, what I'm saying is acting well. No, no, but that what I'm saying is the SPX, you know, on, yeah. on a relative Which basis... top five stocks are more than the bottom 300 and the top 15... I, I'm not telling you that I think you go out and buy it because it's only down 3%, but right. I'm saying that it, it's stuck up here. It's, it's holding in there at a time when the dollar just made new two-year highs and bonds and U.S. Treasuries make new highs but where, every day. And where are you going to go? I hate to make the Tina there argument. There is no alternative. I, I've said this on the show before. Over the long term, I hate that argument. Low interest rates. We're pulling forward returns. But now the equity risk premium still is really large, so investors are going to look to the equity markets. You have institutional investors. Again, they need to meet these high return objectives. So for now, you could see PE start to expand to close that gap a little bit. But isn't that what musical chairs are all about? That's what crowding is. That's one of the most dangerous things. That's what complacency is. And it might be right, but when it ends, it's, it ends in fireworks every single time. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to argue complacency now, though, just because of those sentiment indicators. You haven't seen this big rush into the market, so I agree. I understand what you're saying, but look at the options market. Look at the action inputs. There's a lot of interest there, so I don't know how complacent the market is here. It's interesting. What we didn't mention is, again, you know, the Chinese amassing troops at the border. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen this weekend that are really bad. I and mean, when the Hong Kong situation, everybody seems to have forgotten, that seems to get worse almost by the day. That's not going to – I don't think that's going to – uh, clean itself up anytime soon. So what happens if something bad happens there? Does that put the pressure on the Trump administration not to do a deal with the Chinese? So there's so many bad things out there. And, and you then does that put pressure on the Fed? No, uh, you're going to get well, it. Well, it's interesting. It should right. not. I mean, they should, it should have, not, in my opinion. Ultimately, You read that op-ed this week, this past week. Very deadly. interesting stuff. And you mentioned on one of your shows you do about seven a day, which is Unbelievable, by the way, yeoman's work. But you said now there are five countries whose entire yield curve is now negative. negative. That's, you know, th think about that. By definition, that has to be somewhat negative. So, again, U.S.-China trade, I get it. Everybody's talking about that. But there are f there's so many other things we should be concerned about. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, the president had a tweet today that I just thought was just, it it's just demeaning, I think, to manufacturers, to farmers here in oh, the U.S. Oh, the weak was, companies He was talking tweets. about weak companies blaming stuff on tariffs. Well, what's going to happen every time that he caves on one of his threats about tariffs? What does that mean? Does that mean that we have weak leadership? Because I, I actually think it's a really dangerous situation here. We've weaponized tariffs. But we're actually doing it in a manner that is really hurting American citizens right now. It's hurting global growth. And so when I think about like what we have to, to, to um, you know, face in September with these deadlines, the fact that we are going down to the wire on a tariff deadline over a holiday weekend makes no sense. It's a self-own, as they say, and, and, shooting yourself in the foot if that thing is the thing that turns right. the market down in September. And also, but it, speaking, if the market's okay or whatever, whatever it can only go up or prosper if one of two things happen. We are kind of expect earnings growth to somehow recover and get an, and or multiple expansion or both. And our, what is the case for either of those scenarios, an expansion in the multiple? I mean, if rates are where they are, frankly, the multiple should be 35 on the S&P. Where is 
Where is the great move based on the DCF, based on the dividend discount model, based on however you want to play with the numbers? I mean, equity risk premium, it all should be so cheap. What's the problem? Something's wrong. What would you say to that, Jeff? I still think because the Fed probably cuts interest rates that, yeah, maybe the multiple should be 35, but I still think there's room for the multiple to expand if we're not going into a recession. What expands, though? I mean... The price. The price goes up faster than earnings. You're probably not going to see earnings recover to the extent that you're talking about. Let's let's take that off. I I think that's off the table. But you still have really low interest rates in an economy where I don't think we're going immediately into a recession. The strength of the consumer has been well covered. We could talk about that. But I think if rates are being cut and we're not going directly into a recession, and I'm not talking about multiples blowing up and us, us ratcheting up 30 percent from here. The consumer being strong, though, is an interesting or sort of yeah. argument because you have global weakness. And also, which spills into it's only things like here. Dollar General They don't and hire Walmart. as much. Right. You know, and then it hits the consumer because jobless claims, I mean, if we don't see a movement in jobless claims, you know, higher, then maybe we're okay. But the minute we see that, we haven't, a concern, yeah, and we no? haven't seen it yet. And jobless ca- claims can be a noisy indicator. We actually looked at jobless ca- claims, but we looked at longer run moving averages. So the six month moving average versus the 24 month moving average. When you see that six month moving average cross over the 24 months, so that trend in jobless claims actually starts to go up. That's when forward returns start to struggle, and we haven't seen that well, for, yet. Well, Plus, they're at extremely low levels right now. So even if there's yeah. a crossover there, jobless claims are still very, very low. Well, I think you could say over the last 19 months that forward returns are being strained, right? We haven't made any incremental progress. And what, to Carter's point, we're seeing a lot of leadership not participate. We're seeing darlings like Ulta was down 100 points today. That was like 30% in one fell swoop. So I just want to make one point. On this desk, and we, we're, we want you back as much as possible, we are not going to ring a bell about the stock market calls when we get a recession call. That's not going to happen. That's going to be way in the future. The stock market is going to go down in front of that, right? And so what we're trying to do is figure that out. So to me, I don't give a I don't care about a recession. That was call. close. That was no, close. But just saying, anything, no, but that, that's just not how we're going to play on fast money. I'm we're just saying, we're, like, always, that's, that's what we're, we're always going to be long stocks. Yeah. And that's why I do think the positioning is important. So talking about some of the, the less risky parts of the market, the more defensive parts, I think the market can grind higher. And that's where you want to be in the market. All right. So what are the charts saying as we head into one of the weakest months for stocks sure. historically? The chart master says, wake me up when September ends. Well, uh, head over it, to the, you know, it, it, the yeah. charts reflect what you have just been hearing, which is there's a great debate raging. We have perfect equilibrium. Equilibrium represents a standoff between those who like and those who don't like, meaning bears and bulls. We have, but it's not a malaise, right? It's not um, calm. It's sharp indecision. There's a huge debate going on, and all debates come to an end. And the more violent the debate, the more violent the resolution. It's just sort of how life works. Let's look at a few charts. So we have this well-defined range. It's the month of August. But it's not a calm thing. It's highly volatile. So take a look at the following charts that follow. We have had a succession of two and three session drops, 4%, 4%, 3.5%. And then we've had the opposite. We've had quick recoveries of almost the same duration, up 4.3, up 4, up 3.7, each lasting two to three sessions. So this violent debate, and there's an adage from the 1930s that says sharp indecision is resolved sharply. I mean, there's a big debate, and it's going to be big. Somehow there's a trade resolution, and up it goes. Or, of course, the earnings all come out flat. There is no trade resolution, and the thing down it goes. And you can make your bets accordingly. That's what makes it so fascinating, which makes the conversation on the desk so relevant. But the levels to watch, 29.45, 28.25. It is 
basically about a 100 plus point range. In fact, you'll see it here, 120 points. Now, were we to break to the downside, that's my thesis, you, what you have is a measured move. You take the width of the range and you project down. So 120 points down, I've got the arrow here, which you can see, and 120 points down would take you to essentially the 2705 level. Now, what is that level? That's just slightly below where we were in June. So the June 1st low, just to put this in context, right, is 2728. And it is not random that all of this consolidation is happening under the line. We're stuck here. So you break, you consolidate, and again, the bull would say it's going to break back above. My premise is you get the second break in the direction of the primary break, and that basically we're going to approach and violate the June low. Carter, why don't you come back on over as we digest What choice does this. he have? Well, we could just keep him there until away. You know, Carter's a lot of things, Mel, but he's not an American idiot. And I like a lot of... Th- Dan, did you catch that? Yeah, wake me up when September And I, I, I like a oh, lot of things day. that he said. And, oh. you know, we get criticized a lot. You're always, so, you're always so negative. But, you know, we're trying to point out some of the things that can go wrong. And I've got to tell you something. The warning signs are all there right now. The fact that the market goes higher, it is what it is. But it doesn't mean it should be going higher. Again... The warning signs are in place. And quickly about the American consumer, I know what Jeff is saying. I say this a lot. I'm not suggesting I'm right. But don't confuse the health of the U.S. consumer with the strength of the U.S. consumer because they're two entirely different things. The U.S. consumer will spend money into oblivion as long as they feel good about things. And they feel good about things when the stock market goes up every single day. Yeah, we're also seeing a trade down. Dollar General, Walmart, Target. That's fantastic. But you know what wasn't great? Tiffany wasn't great. uh, Williams-Sonoma, Capri, uh, Tapestry, auto sales. Home sales are topping out. So those, to me, are the the focus on the U.S. consumer that I want to highly defensive. I mean, Dollar General, that's literally Walmart. It's paycheck to paycheck stuff. The things that should be prospering are not. Coming up, it's been a rough month for this tech stock. We'll explain why one of the Dow's previously best performers took a downturn. Plus, a new set of tariffs going into effect Sunday at midnight. And Jane Wells is on the front lines to break it all down. Hey, Jane. Hey, Melissa. I'm still going through this list of stuff that's going to be tariffs starting Sunday. Walruses? Emus? Interbutyltobenzeothelisophenemonide? I don't know if importers are front-loading those, but when we come back, something they really are front-loading, which is very telling about what's going on when Fast Money returns. Edward Jones, who knows that just like life, financial planning isn't only about long-term goals. It's about the moments big and small along the way. And when it comes to achieving everyday financial goals, Edward Jones works hard to connect you with someone you can trust professionally and personally. That's why they created their free financial advisor matching tool to help you find a financial advisor in your community. When you take the quiz and get your matches, don't expect just a list of resumes. You'll also see each financial advisor's story and personal interests. And when it's time to meet for the first time, they'll focus on your story, asking questions to understand where you're headed and why. Because Edward Jones knows that at the end of the day, behind every financial goal is a life goal. And that's what really matters. To learn more and find your financial advisor partner, take the quiz at match.edwardjones.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. The countdown is on. We're just one day, six hours, 43 minutes, 15, 14, 13 seconds from the next next round of tariffs kicking in on China. But some retailers have already gotten ahead of the trade war for now. Let's get to Jane Wells at the Port of Los Angeles, where the clock is ticking to the deadline. Jane. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Well, Melissa, 
uh, these tariffs are going to hit a lot of things that consumers buy. So it's basically been a red alert, no pun intended, to get things here before Sunday, uh, even if it costs more to get them here. So let me give you a specific example. Take those Black Friday TVs. Now, Stephen Ferreira of Ocean Audit says those TVs don't usually start arriving here from China at this port until the end of September. But after the president announced these new tariffs, August 1st, Ferreira says TVs became the single largest so-called bulk move between August 15th and the 26th from China into this port. 30 to 50 containers on average per ship from China were filled with TVs. Of course, the president later delayed the TV tariff to December, but by the time he'd already said that, those ships had set sail. Mm, say that. Now I want to show you also something about how supply chains are changing. Okay, this is an image I took from the marine traffic app from right now showing the ships right around me. The light green squares are container ships. In the area right around me, there are 19. Six of that 19 are from China, so less than a third. In a port where usually 60% of the traffic is coming from China. So six, though, is still more than anybody else. But South Korea comes in second with three. Then you have two ships each from Japan. Let me see Taiwan and Canada, followed by Vietnam. There's a ship from Thailand. And there's even one container ship here from France, guys. Back to you. Wow. Jane Wells in San Pedro, California, as I learned this morning. It's not San Pedro. Joe said San Pedro, and Jane just no. excoriated him. Excrate. Oh, oh, my. And he's from here. You should know better. Isn't Jane the best? I mean, know. how can Jane Clearly. not be on this show like on oh, weekly basis? Every day. Every day. Every day. I'll oh, sign God. up for that right now. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Stop. Have a great weekend, Jane. Thank you. Jane Wells in San Pedro, California. We saw this with the border, with the threat of the border tax. We saw a lot of retailers pull in their goods uh, before Christmas to try and make up, and and that caused for a lot of lumpiness. I mean, we, you know, in terms of the economic data. And then also, we didn't really know what the impact was for a while. That's why one of the reasons that one GDP print, which everybody got so excited about, was probably a function of everybody pulling things forward. And that's great if you pull things forward, if there's demand on the back end. I'm not certain there's going to be that demand on the back end, which was really what sets us up for some dicey times over the next couple of months. So, again, there are more things going on than just U.S.-China right now, and I think you have to be aware. It's a great weekend to go and just think about what's going on in the world and ask yourself, is that a good environment for stocks? But you think that actually the consumer is going to deteriorate that much between today and, say, Black Friday or today and Christmas? I, I think it's so hard to know because we are at this crossroads. If you look at the consumer confidence data, definitely rolling over but still somewhat elevated. And which way is it going to break probably depends a lot on what happens with trade. And I know it's going to be dicey. I know this is going to drag on for a long time. But I still find it hard to believe that the president is going to try to torpedo the economy or to torpedo the market heading into an election year. He knows that the presidents that don't get reelected, it's because the economy is not doing well. So maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I think that's enough to keep confidence levels where they are. I mean, you think the on an investment side, it, it really gets down to this. We know there is no consumer discretionary sector. It's 62 stocks. It's, what, 10, 11 percent of the S&P, and yet five names are half the weight, and you know the names. Amazon's 21 percent, Home Depot, McDonald's, Starbucks, Nike. You've got the, if you look at the equal weight sector, so now you get rid of the influence of just a few names, it is making new 52-week relative lows and all-time relative lows compared to the actual sector. And it's back to 2010 relative to the S&P. 
it's really sorting out the winners and losers. All of these things that are going to end up closing their stores, right. closing their doors, it's just a few names, and those names are getting back to, are they GARP? They're all expensive. For more on how businesses are preparing for this weekend's Harris, head on over to our website, CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. Here's what's coming up next. Still ahead, we're checking in on the hotels. Do you know if the hotel's pager-friendly? Why the options market has some serious reservations about one well-known hotel chain. Stick with us. Fast Money will be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Welcome back to Fast Quick Programming Note. Capture documentary High Risk, High Reward Cannabis, Inc. Find out why some experts are sounding the alarm on this booming industry. That's Wednesday, 6 p.m., on CNBC. All right, from high times to a major buzzkill. Check out Cisco, the worst performer in the Dow this month, having its worst month since 2012. The stock down 17% in August. Guy. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this when they reported earnings. We said it wasn't so much the quarter, it was the commentary. And the commentary from Cisco changed in basically a month and a half, two months, in a huge way, a total 180. And again, not that Cisco is the entire market. It's not. But i got to tell you something. It is definitely one of the bellwether names. Now, it's easy to cherry pick and say, oh, well, Cisco, throw it out. But you can do it on the other side as well. I think Cisco is trying to tell the story of what's really going on in the world. And you got to pay attention. If you choose not to, that's fine as well. Because you know what? I see the market's within 3% of an all-time high. But that's not telling the picture. I think Cisco really is. How is the chart, Carter? Well, what it tried to do, of course, and failed was get back to its dot-com high, right? The mm -hmm. stock almost got there at the mid-60s, and then it's rolled over. It's a bad chart. Yeah, so what I think is troubling is that this company, or the stock in particular, was rewarded in May when they reported, and they had some good commentary about how they had shifted their supply chains to avoid right. tariffs. And so that's the change that Guy um, is talking about. So to me, um, that's a bit troubling. Again, it's a cheap stock. This will benefit on a substantive trade deal, but not on one that just focuses on a trade deficit. It has to be about, uh, you know, tech and, and, and uh, forced tech. And I'll just, I'll just pile on really quickly. Yeah. They've been doing a lot of buybacks, and that probably decelerates over the next couple of quarters. So from a technical perspective, you maybe lose a little bit of a bid there, too. All right. Time for the final trade ahead of the Labor Day weekend. Let's go around the horn. Carter. You know, home builders, I think, should be acting better given where rates are. I think you sell ITB. Jeff Mills. I'm going to stick with emerging markets. I think for long-term investors, this is still a good play. And I think the global manufacturing sector actually starts to bottom toward the end of the year. The dollar may weaken there, and that could be a catalyst for EM going into 2020. Uh, yeah, it seems like we spent a lot of time talking about U.S. Treasuries and the yield curve inversion there. Stay tuned, OA, right after this. We're going to talk about high-yield corporate debt, the HYG. I got a cheap way to play it to the downside. Is he allowed final, to do that? Trade is he allowed to trade rolled up in yeah. one. Is that it's admissible? Like a yeah. You got two-thirds, well, actually three-quarters of the OA team right here. Yeah, right here. Exactly. Jeff and I will be leaving. Right. 
But what I want to point out, Welcome Twitter trades extraordinarily well. Don't be surprised if it makes a move to the last July's high of 47. All right, uh, Jeff, great to have you with us. That does it for us here on Fast. Don't go anywhere. Options Action is coming up next. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.